This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. No, I, I would say just to remember that you like from a treetops thought you do belong here. You do belong in this space and it's a lot of hard work and it's as much um, you get out of it, what you put into it, especially the NBA. This is a business of, of being around and putting in the time and matching the time that these players and executives put in. But just because you don't see yourself often in any given space, or maybe um, you wonder if you're, it's one thing to be a, a woman or a black woman in a space. It's another thing to feel like you are able to walk into a room with thoughts as women, being able to embody the position of women and black women. Um, but I think it's, it's the knowledge that I, I can tell you that you can, and I will tell you that it's hard. And I will tell you that there's days that it's the, the, the ugliest days are the days when the public is questioning the things that you've always asked yourself, if you're good enough at, and you're good enough for, and it's hard when that is being mirrored back at you on Twitter or wherever the case may be, because you're human and you're going to feel that, but there's someone who's felt it before you there's someone who's felt it just as deeply as you. And there's someone who's going to be there to help you because that's the thing that I've learned. You asked me about working for a woman. It's the fact that there is someone there to tell you I've been there and I came out the other side. Mm -hmm. And so if I can be that for somebody while also telling you, you got to work hard, harder than you think twice as hard as the person next to you um, and get a little bit of luck sprinkled in on the side. If you can, have that concoction, if you can have that, that cocktail of hard work, um, determination, I guess the things that Kendra said that she saw in me for some reason that I also see in her, um, that you can do it. And the days you don't feel like you can, there's going to be someone to pick you up. Hey, everybody, this is Richard Deitch, and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. Um, two guests this week, and this was a really, really great podcast to do. I, I, I could not have enjoyed this more. Malika Andrews and Kendra Andrews are together this week on the Sports Media Podcast. They are obviously sisters and are in the middle of just remarkable careers at such a young age. Malika Andrews is the host of NBA Today, she's also an NBA reporter. You can see her on the NBA today all week leading up into uh, all of ESPN and ABC's Christmas Day games. Kendra Andrews covers the Warriors for ESPN on multiple platforms. So she is uh, covering, you know, was essentially a national team for ESPN. And again, two sisters, one family, both at ESPN, both uh, already with some incredible resumes in the business and we had a great conversation on so many different topics uh rather than uh, preview all those topics at the front i think we will just go to malika and kendra andrews on the sports media podcast all right as i said at the top i'm uh i'm very excited to have both of these women on 
Um, very fortunate that when they were both in college, they were willing to be part of a uh, college journalist roundtable with me, which uh, I'm sure if they both looked back on now some of those answers, they'd probably find it really, really fascinating. It's also the first time we've had sisters on this podcast, which is cool. Um, Malika Andrews is hosting NBA Today all week leading into the Christmas Day game. She is the host of that ESPN weekday NBA studio show. She's also an NBA reporter. You've seen her um, doing uh, a ton of sideline work for some high-profile NBA games as well as the trophy ceremony at the NBA Finals. Prior to joining ESPN, she worked as a reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and she was a James Reston reporting fellow in the sports department of the New York Times. Uh, Kendra Andrews covers the Warriors. For ESPN, she previously worked as a Warriors reporter at NBC Sports Bay Area, as well as The Athletic, Kendra, unbelievable that you left us, uh, where she was a Denver Nuggets uh, beat reporter. Uh, to be very honest with the audience, Kendra Andrews made the absolute correct move, by the way, leave, leave, leaving The Athletic to head to uh, to a multimedia stardom at, uh, at a bigger brand. and But we're very, very happy at The Athletic for her, all her success. And with that, pleased to be joined by Malika Andrews and Kendra Andrews. Welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. Thanks for, Thanks for having us. I forgot all the intro. Yeah, I forgot all about that uh, that roundtable. And now my answers are like coming back to me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> God, that fun. wasn't the most memorable part of your career so far. Yeah, Kendra? exactly. That right. roundtable. Yeah. Come on now. You you college career. Yes, you overcame that uh, from, from you overcame that Gonzaga um, <laughs> interview that we did. Uh, but yeah, to be honest though, ahead, I have Malika. a very specific recollection of being on the treadmill at the university of portland i feel like i was on the treadmill at up for a lot of like quote unquote big moments and getting that email from you and like stopping the treadmill and being like yes i was asked to be a part of this i am so cool this is so awesome this is such a platform um and then yeah like kendra i was like oh yeah i did that you super you thankfully you overcame that and superseded it i will say though i'll be candid for the audience, I certainly—I don't think I've ever said this, but transparently, I, I did have a number of uh, exchanges with Malik over the years, direct message, and I tried very hard to get her to come to the athletic, as I'm sure a lot of people at the athletic did, but tried. So, all right. So, um, let me start with you, Malika. What's the most impressive quality about Kendra? Wow. Oh man. Oh my gosh. You're starting out with a. Uh, I mean, she just has <laughs> so many to choose from. Um, no, 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 but. In all seriousness, I mean, I always say I, I kind of joke that Kendra is the favorite sister. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I kind of say that because I, I, I think that what impresses me most about Kendra is there's just always Kendra sort of has a light of a personality and people always want to be around her, including myself. Um, but I think that the way in which she sort of moves through the world is a way in which people, people want to, Oh, Kendra's so great. Kendra's so funny. Kendra's so like, she, she has this draw into her that I've always admired because when you watch her like move through a room, it's just like, she's, she is a magnet of a person. Um, and that is something that when I was younger, there was some envy over, but I, <laughs> I think that like, she, she I, I'm so lucky. She's my little sister and I'm so lucky. That's that's not her best quality that she's my little sister, but that she um the way that she draws people to her is something that's really impressive. It's very hard to be her plus one on any given day. <laughs> Kendra, what's the most oh, impressive quality about Malika? Very nice. Wow. Um, I think with Malika <laughs> the face she was just giving me is is quite impressive, her facial expressions. <laughs> It's the thing that I've always been admired about her is her, like she's just said that I have a way about moving around around the room. But I think the thing that I've always been impressed with her is just she, when she decides she wants, like just her work ethic and her, but that and that stems from without outside of ESPN or anything like that outside of her work life. When she figures out what she wants, she is so good at figuring out how to get there, whether that was when we were growing up and it's, I want to ride horses or something like, I will figure out what I need to do to 
meet the people I need to meet to get to the horses to do those things. Or if I want to take this trip, then I'm going to plan it and I'm going to make sure it happens. And it's all going to just the way that she like her conviction uh, is something that, that I really admire. And then of course, you know, being in this industry and being her younger sister and, and coming up, you know, a couple years behind her, the way that she's been able to, to then navigate her career and go from thing to thing to thing um, has, has been very, very impressive to me. Kendra, I want to stay with you. Um, you both live in the same state. How often do you guys see each other? Oh, I can't, I can't get rid of her these past couple of weeks. Oh my God. I kid you not. Like she, she came up for a sideline. I think it was the week, the game before Thanksgiving, the Warriors yeah. played the Clippers, Clippers and she was on sideline for that game. Then we had Thanksgiving. Then she was like back the next week. Then she found me in Utah of all places. She's like, Oh, I'm in Utah. So this past <laughs> month I've seen her quite a bit, but I think, you know, when she, when she did, take the job hosting NBA today, moving from New York after covering the nets. That was one thing that me and my parents, our parents also live in Oakland to the Bay area. That was one thing we were, we were selfishly happy about of like, this means that we can see Malika a lot more than when we were bi-coastal. Um, so now maybe normally, maybe what Malika, like, like once, once a month? every yeah, or I was gonna say every once three? every month, every six weeks. But like, yeah, this past month for whatever reason, I have been following you. Ugh. <laughs> it's uh, nice, uh, yeah, I, we, this is where I wish we had a video podcast because Kendra just made a very cool face. Um, so, all right, so you both, um, you both are working within um, NBA media circles, but. Um, and Kendra, it looks like more, you know, it's very clear just from reading up on you and your background, you really like sports reporting for you is always going to be what it was. Like, that's something you've always wanted. Mm-hmm. Malika, knowing you a little bit, like, it seems like it could have gone a number of ways, whether you would have opted for another to cover other sports or as a generalist or quite frankly, news. I mean, I remember reading yeah. through stuff, even in college, you wrote some really, I thought, phenomenal stuff particularly i mean i'm trying not to be ageist or anything but just for somebody that young i I feel like you had your shit together when it came to news just to sort of be blunt so Uh, how did you i'm glad i portrayed that (laughs) yeah no well you know fake it till you make it um but um why do you think you ended up this is really for both of you but we'll start with malika why do you think you ended up gravitating towards the nba why do you why do you think at least at this point of your life this is where you are now well i think i mean i think uh probably our answers are going to dovetail a little bit on this one in terms of, of the NBA specifically, but because we grew up with it. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I do, you know, and I've said this before, I, I feel like I, you're right. It wasn't, there's a lot of folks whose path was, and this is a wonderful, beautiful path. I played basketball yeah. to the highest level of my ability. And then when that was the end of that path I took a turn into covering the game that I love and and for me it was more like journalism and writing writing was really my first love I've been on this podcast with you before Richard and we sort of talked about some of the things um that I went through growing up I I didn't have the easiest time and writing when I was failing out of school in many subjects I was always doing well in creative writing and writing like writing is it was my medium it's where I felt like I could express myself it's where I felt like um I could make and create characters that were sorting yeah. through the things in life that I couldn't it, and it was like your piece right yeah it was like where you found your piece yeah exactly and even honestly where I worked out some things that weren't so peaceful. Um, the day before I, the last thing I did, and this is, I don't want to dovetail into this whole thing, but the last thing that I did before my mother and my parents took me into, um, psychiatric treatment was hand in a English essay. I didn't want to leave without handing in an English essay in eighth grade. Anyways. So for me, it was, my love was writing. It was what form is that going to take? And so I grew up, there's a photo of me and Kendra. Kendra and I grew up, we only wore, Kendra really like only wore dresses for like <laughs> a very long period of her life. Yes, and um, uh, 
but we went through like a nighty, like matching nighty wearing phase, nightgown wearing phase when we were kids. And there's this photo of myself and Kendra and my dad in our, not my dad wearing the nighty, but me and Kendra wearing matching nighties. <laughs> dad in his sweatpants in the middle. And we must have been like, Kendra's like propped up. She's so little. And I'm two and a half years older than Kendra. And I can't remember what game is on in the background, but it's like super pixelated, like not in HD anymore, NBA game that we are watching. And my mother Mm -hmm. gave me a baby book recently. um, And in it were the first tickets to the first NBA game I ever went to. And it was Golden State Warriors versus the then Charlotte Bobcats. And Del Curry actually was on that team at a career high that night. I was six weeks old, my first NBA game. Awesome. Yeah. Mom gave me that when she said, here, take all of your crap out of the room. We're <laughs> yeah, turning that. your bedroom into my second closet room. Blah, blah, blah. Well, at least she um, waited for you to. She did that to me the second I graduated college. Before I moved to Denver, she's like, you have two weeks to get all of your different. stuff out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> but like, anyway. NBA was like what we would watch, what we would do with my That was, I mean, yeah. all four of us, but I think Kendra and I really associate it with my dad. Um, and so, when when it came to college, this is a very long-winded story. Um, <laughs> you should think I'd be quicker since I work in live television. Everything is in 30-second bites. But um, when I got to college and when there was an opening at the Beacon, my university paper, the opening was in sports. And where I found confidence and love was within the NBA because what it was for our family. So, like, yes, Kendra and I dabbled in every sport. And, yes, people ask all the time, well, what are your credentials? Like, did you play? I'm like, you don't want to see me play. I was not very good at all. Mm-hmm. But – it's, it's the writing and it's the, it's the questions. And it's like, I study so much and try to learn and set up the people who know more about it around me and ask the questions hmm. of the players. And like, bleh, there's all my yeah. word vomit, Kendra go. Well, <laughs> I'll just piggyback. And before telling, saying how I kind of got into it, the thing that Malika said once that I was like, that, like, that's it. I forget what it was. If it was on a panel or to, to like an individual student or something, um, but like in speaking about the credentials of, oh yeah, did you play? No, I never played like Malika. You don't want to see me play basketball. Someone asked Malika about this and she said, who is going to ask? It was during the you know more heightened portion of the pandemic when a lot of protocols, but she said, who is going to ask, you know, Adam Silver about the COVID protocols? Who is going to press the owners on xyz who and like that you don't need a background in basketball to ask those tough questions in fact the people who got into covering basketball strictly to be just about basketball or sports are probably a little afraid to ask those kinds of questions those questions come from the people who are here because they are journalists who just happen to like have an affinity for sports or basketball and i think that that's you know where malika and I fall, fall into this category of we're journalists first, but we just happen to really love basketball. But it's funny hearing Malika talk love about basketball. <laughs> a talk about like how writing was her escape, because for me, I in a, in a different in a different way, I wasn't a great student. Like I was diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia in like the third grade. And so school never came easy to me. We went to a very competitive uh, private college preparatory school. I went there from kindergarten t- to 12th grade. And like, it just, it didn't, that way of learning did not click with my brain. So I was not good at math. I was not good at science. I'm not a good test taker. I, those th- that would always like dock me, but similar to how Mal- like writing was Malika's piece. That was the one class that I was good at. And so a lot of the times like academically, I'd end up doing extra credit through writing. It's like, I know I didn't do good on this test. I actually, in college, I took a media law course and I did so bad on the final. And I went to my professor and I said, if you let me write an, an essay and like present a case to you, I can prove to you, I, I understand all of these concepts. So basically similar to Malika, like writing was the one thing that I, I felt that I was good at and didn't struggle to succeed at. Um, and it did come in a more creative writing way, but then as Malika was saying, you know, we watched, we watched so much basketball. And for me, I think it was my junior year in high school. And I was sitting at home with our dad watching a Warriors game on NBC sports. And Hmm. it was, it must've been, um, um, Bob Fitzgerald and, oh no, I'm going to feel so embarrassed that I can't remember his name because I talk to him every day. 
but that's okay. I was watching their, 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 just their studio show and their, their broadcast. broadcast and stuff. And I right. looked at my dad and I was like, that's someone's job. Like people are getting paid to sit up there and just talk about basketball. He's like, yeah. And I was like, boom, done. Like, let's, let's do it. And my dad was like, okay, that's <laughs> whatever you want. Um, and and then it kind of it just so it for me it was just taking I like I like writing I liked watching sports you can make a career out of that apparently <laughs> let's let's give it a go and, and see what happens Jim uh, Barnett and no, thank you oh my you're welcome um, oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but like I, I I don't want don't under like. I feel like though, don't undersell yourself because I, I know at least for me, someone who's actually been very helpful to me is uh Yukon star Paige Beckers. Sometimes I will like send her a play or send her something mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this is what I'm seeing on this. Is this what you see? And then she's like, yeah, but I also see this in the pick and roll yeah. and watch wh- how he gets to the dunker spot and blah, 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 blah. Like I think, yeah, it was like writing, or at least for me, it was my, my, true love which is so funny because now when i get emails from students it's definitely 97 percent about television even though i worked in writing much longer all right i appreciate you guys um sharing some of those family memories and again if, if um for those who are listening to this who don't know uh malika's story you really just can sort of google and andrew marsh and the new york post wrote a really good piece on um on her and some of her struggles that happened as a teenager. So if you want sort of the backstory on that, head that way. Um, I want to continue with you, Malika. Um, You know, to me, you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the hundred days that you spent in the NBA bubble were such a significant moment in your career because you were on obviously national television a lot. You were part of a very, very select group of people who were there. You actually may have been the person there longest. I mean, I, I, if no one, if not you, it's, it's you and only one or other, two other reporters. And I remember, um, reading, I forget, I apologize for not knowing the exact publication. It may have been glamour, but when I was just reading up on you guys, you had, you sort of, what I really admired is at, you recognize that that was a big moment for you professionally, even as you were covering sort of a bigger story, beyond you and you may have even told your mom something to the effect of like you're thinking of Hamilton at the time like my shot and like you kind of like recognize like all right this is an opportunity that well I'm not happy that the world has COVID I have a real opportunity here to at least show my employers what I can do and so I wonder now if you could just sort of reflect on that that you seemingly instinctively knew that this was a this could be at least a pretty big moment in your career right depending on how you reported and handled it yeah, I mean, look, it, it was definitely, it's interesting to look back on now because I was genuinely, there was a, a, a fear aspect in some ways of going down there because I did go before the players went, before, um, you know, executives went. There was a feeling of, oh, well, you know, being one of the first people on the ground, if something goes wrong, I'm there for it going wrong before two a good two weeks before the players get there and they're still working out the kinks and we didn't have vaccine we didn't know anything about you know we didn't know much about COVID it was still sort of the thought at that point was if you don't have the the symptoms were so wide ranging we just we really didn't know all that much about it yet Um, but it did feel like the editor, my, my editor at the New York Times, Jason Stallman, um, he once told me, we look for when sports inherently dovetails with it, the issues of the world, not to water ski off the back of a national issue. And to me, this felt like sort of the embodiment of that because you have the world dealing with one thing and there's only one sport at that time that was getting picked back up. WNBA would shortly follow. And everyone was home and watching. And so that felt like, you know, I don't want to trivialize it and boil it down to an opportunity because there was certainly, it was more than that. Um, but it goes back, like, it, it kind of goes back to, I always, when people ask me about my career, I always say writing will always serve you because I was, 
asked to go down there in part because I checked a box for a lot of different parts of what we needed. I could write, I could do television. Um, I could do radio. I could, you know, and so I think that that was a big piece of, of that equation for me. But yeah, looking back now when without sort of the heightened emotion of going down there, um, which was COVID, which was kind of being pent up on this campus, which was um, the heightened racial tensions in the wake of the killing of George Floyd, of the shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, um, you know, all of these different layers that were this reckoning that was sort of happening both around the world and in the United States specifically. Um, and so, but all of that aside, which is <laughs> it's all of that, you can't just put that aside, but all of that aside, um, I got to do things that I wouldn't have gotten to do otherwise. I truly believe that because we didn't have the bodies, the people to cover the, the ESPN roles deep. I love going to the finals and seeing all of the amazing colleagues that we get to work with because we go hard in the paint. Like there are so many people there that you get to see. And we were just a skeleton crew down there. And so they asked me to do sidelines because we didn't have the people down there to do it. We couldn't take up a spot um, for a long period of time. Cassie Hubbard came down, Lisa Salters came down, but they came down in spurts. And so I got to learn from them to do the job, but I was asked to do this job that I, I don't know whether or not I would have been asked to do it if it wasn't uh, in some ways a necessity. Um, and then that gave way, I believe, because I did it there, they kept me on. And then a year later um, in the 2021 finals, I was asked last minute to step in and do the, the finals on that stage. And I don't know if any of that would have happened if I hadn't gotten those, those reps in the bubble, if you will, um, so yeah, that was wild. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to think back. I mean, like uh, organizations had a very limited amount of staffers that could go. I mean, you know, you can't, it's hard, I know, for people to do, but you can't look at that situation in a 2023 COVID construct because at, there was so much fear going around. Um, there was a lot of, I wouldn't even call it like disinformation or misinformation. The The virus was still so new that people just right. had no idea yeah, it was the novel coronavirus. We've since dropped the novel part of it, but it was, you had to come and become a, and so that's the thing is like, it's not like it was a calculated decision of, oh, I'm going to go down here and make my career. It was calling my mom and being like, should I do this? Like I, I, there's like, you know, people in the NBA tease me now and I love them so much for it. But like, there's photos of me wearing like three masks and rubber gloves. Like what was I doing? Like we were in the grocery washing phase. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, all, all, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I can remember like you get food delivery and like you're washing the food down. I mean, it was, it was a different time. All right, Kendra, I'm going to ask you this Malika. I, um, I'd like you to follow as well. Um, there's an element of celebrity, and let's put a small C here. You know, no, no one is saying um, that anybody sort of in the sports media is, uh, you know, Matt Damon or Beyonce or something like that. But, but, but the reality is, like, there, there is a, um, but there's, you know, there's an element to notoriety when you're on television uh, within sort of the sports construct. Malik obviously hosts a daily sports show now on ESPN, and that changes the game when it comes to people who just recognize a particularly people at an NBA arena who might recognize her. Um, I've had a lot of people on this podcast over the years who say that takes some getting used to. Um, I remember Emily Kaplan not too long ago who started at the NHL, again, a writer, a total background in writing. And I remember she said to me, one of the hardest things to get used to, and she's still not used to it, is just people staring at her, like staring at you sort of like, who is this person? I think I know who this person is. Why do I know this person? And yet you're the person being stared at, and that's a weird thing. So, it, you know, it's probably greater for Malika because she's obviously um, doing a daily show. But you are now – you've now done television. You're in a different um, recognizability spot than you were when you were just a Nuggets reporter at The Athletic. So what's that been like for you to navigate, um, particularly at NBA functions or arenas, you know what I mean, where people recognize, oh, wow, that's, that's Kendra Andrews. I've seen her on ESPN. It is definitely different. That's a good point that Emily brought up when she when she was on here because it definitely happens and it, it does happen sometimes outside or, or people are like I was um, 
in Miami at the Warriors Miami game a couple like couple months ago at the start of the season and I was waiting in line to get a Cuban sandwich on the on the concourse because I really wanted one delicious and there was someone like there was some person like taking a picture of me and it was just so weird because like if wow. you're yeah that's like weird to just have someone like kind of lurking in the background like taking a picture with you when you like could ask but I was like yeah but like I'm not I'm not gonna be like what are you like what are you doing like you know, but it, it is, so it is, it is a, a weird, a weird thing. I think um, you just kind of <laughs> operate under an assumption of, okay, yeah, like there are eyes on you or it's funny, Malika, so the first thing Malika said about me is how approachable I am and how, how everyone has drawn to me. But like, I've also been told, I've, a, I was told, I have been told I have a serious case of RBF and I was at Chase Center and I was walking it was after the game. So I was trying to get down from the media seats to the interview room, full RBF. And someone goes, hey, Kendra. And I just turn around and go, what? And they're like, oh, we just like. <laughs> and it was kind of one of those moments, like, you just have to make sure that you're not smiling and you're really nice to whoever <laughs> That's you talk she to me. you don't know who they are or like what they're going to go. You don't want someone to go say, oh, I just met Kendra at the Warriors game and she was so mean to me she was so awful um so it is just it is just like a a um weird you you are more aware of what you're doing and what your like behavior is or then like i was i was at a um i was getting drinks with a friend in san francisco and someone came up to me and and then that was like an even weird that's and i'm sure what happens to malika even more because you're out of the NBA element. I think when you're in the NBA arena element, it is like, yeah, I can be smart. I'm in a professional right. setting. I am, I'm on, right? Right. Like whether I have RBH or not, like I am on, it's very easy to flip the switch, but when you're kind of just out having drinks or whatever, you're off and then you're, you become hyper aware of, okay, I have to make sure that I'm presenting myself in a certain way. Um, and it is a weird thing to, to be cognizant of all the time um, and aware of all the time. But as I said, as you okay. said as well, I'm sure that happens with Malika way, way. I mean, we were at a Rams game and then <laughs> the door. <laughs> and that was another thing. Malika, we were at a Rams game in LA at SoFi and we we're trying to find the entrance and people were giving us a hard time about the size of our bags. And we're like, Oh gosh, we're just get in. And then the, the guy who uh, one of the ushers was like, Oh, you're Malika Andrews. And we could like, She's like, thank God I was so nice to him when then after us getting bugged about our bags because you just never, like, you just never know. You never know. Yeah. So Malika, for you, um, I would think, uh, you know, it's really been turbocharged with hosting a daily show. I mean, you know, you do the finals and like, that's a pretty big deal. Um, and I think now for a couple of years, especially once the bubble reporting happened, you know, you're a pretty recognizable figure um at NBA arenas. I mean, let's also just be blunt. You're also young, you're black, you're a woman, and you know, people are gonna recognize who you are. But what probably is different for you than Kendra, and you can certainly tell me if I'm wrong, is that you also get you get written about a lot, whether that's on social media, whether that's on mess NBA message boards, whether that's where like that to me, if there's a difference between the small C celebrity that you two face, it's that you you're more of a subject of content, right? Than Kendra is. That's it's not a great part of the job, but it it you know you're smart. It comes with being a, a front facing person at ESPN. So I wonder if you could sort of if you can reflect on that same question because um, it's different. And maybe you know what? Maybe Kendra's in the same situation you are three years from now. You're in in many ways you'll be able to help her with that path. But for you, it's I feel like it's different from it's different than Kendra because it's more turbocharged right now. Yeah, I mean, I, well, first of all, you know, we're, COVID is morphing and evolving and changing in the world, but I, I'm still, especially on like airplanes and stuff, I'm still a masker. I still, I, I'm a noviter. So, uh, yeah, you, fit, still, you fit well in Canada, I by the way, well, you could come um, up here anytime. Rock that. <laughs> and I think that that is in some ways helpful. Um, but <laughs> thank you. Um, um, but yeah, look, I think it's sort of part of it, right? Like when you work in a public job like this, there's just, there's a lot of, 
feedback and some of it you agree with and some of it you don't agree with. But at the end of the day, like, and it's taken me some time to recognize this because there's also been some like hard chapters of the type of feedback that I was getting. And I had to sort of curate. It's not, I won't say I don't read anything because I actually don't think that's helpful, but I certainly don't read everything. I read who people, what people I trust tell me to actually Shanae Gumake and I have this because I don't read anything. Like I'm barely on Twitter um, other than, you know, following the reporting of Adrian Wojnarowski or others at this point, especially just um, as we sort of watch Twitter and what it's sort of going through. Um, But uh, Shanae, my wonderful friend and coworker, um, she'll send me things that she has, she knows that I don't see a lot of the stuff. So when something is like a good thing or a happy thing or something about our show, like she'll text them to me. Um, And um, it helps me as just because I've discovered too, like so much of the good feedback, quote unquote, good for women is about what we look like. And so much of the bad is about what we think or what we say. And that is just such an exhausting place to live in. Um, But at the end of the day, I do feel like people come up to you or write about you or tweet about you or whatever the case may be, because there is a level of care and folks hold you to a standard. And I'm, I, I am honored to be held to that standard, I guess. But, you know, you mentioned Kendra in three years or whatever, you know, while it may not be exactly the same, what our feedback looks like right now, how many people can say that they have a sister um, to be a sounding board who like truly gets it the way that Kendra can get it? Like we were like, like, I think Howard Beck actually said this at one point, like I can't name another set of sisters. I can name brothers, but still mostly ex-player brothers who the Van Gundys, the Outchos, like another set of sisters who work in the same space, the same company, know the same people. The lingo is the same. I can't believe I just said lingo, but like that, like that sort of, you know, And so I think having her to be like, well, this really sucked or she knows, you know, when you're trending or when you're this or when I got, you know, mail that was really icky show up at my house or at the at the office. And she'll be like, yo, like, good. What's going on? Have you talked to, you know, she knows this person's security. Have you talked to that? And like having that sounding board, especially because like, I know we said before this, like this really isn't about, um, you know, our childhood as much, but what I was, re- was reminded of what I was telling, what Kendra reminded me of the other day is we were going to go do something. And I was like, Oh, I can just go. And she said to me, no, I want to go because we lived apart from each other from the time I was 12, 14, 13 and change to 18. So she was 10 and changed 16. And especially for girls, I don't think like you change so much in those four years. And so for those four years, like I I saw her not like a couple, like once, twice a year. And so um, I remember, so when she said that, it sort of hit me, like the things that we get to do and go through now, like Kendra and I are as close as sisters can be, but we didn't get to be there every day for that large chunk of pivotal time. And so now I think all of the things that you sort of go through on this stage, on this level and having her there, that's not something that I take for granted. It's well said. Kendra, um, this is for you. Warriors are a very competitive beat. Uh, They're also a very accessible beat. They have a really good PR staff, always sort of uh, usually wins, you know, best PR staff in the NBA. Um, and they're, they're very, obviously very, very good. Um, what are the, some of the things that have been notable for you in terms of being a reporter on that B? Because that's a very unique team to cover, let's say, versus some other team. It, I mean, it, it really is. I think the accessibility is is the biggest thing in regard especially like in regards to the the personnel that you were working with there, you know, um, you 
<laughs> you I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that totally shook me out of it. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, for, just for the audience knows Malika for some reason is showing us uh, her ear and just throwing Kendra off. You you can walk in one day and say, "Hey, I'm I'm working on this story to to the peer. I'm working on the story. I need I need Steph." Okay, great. There, there you go. You know, I, last season I was working on a story and I, I needed Steph, and we were in Salt Lake City, and we ended up having a twenty minute interview together. We we're sitting on like two water coolers, two Gatorade coolers, uh, in the tunnel at Vivint Arena, and I I don't know that that would happen anywhere else you know i um and so I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that especially at this stage in my career i feel that that gives me a lot of of more tools and and, and skills of you know how to how to cover a, a championship winning and a ca- championship caliber team and you know one of the greatest players that this this game will, will see who revolutionized the game um i think that having those those skills that just that you learn by having to to carry yourself in that kind of environment is so huge. And, and you don't get that anywhere else. I actually, before I accepted the job to cover the Warriors at ESPN, I had an opportunity to cover a different team um, that would have been a great experience yeah. as well. But I, you know, I, 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 I had just, I wanted to stay with the Warriors just because that, that just puts you on, it, it gives you as a, as a reporter it gives you a lot of exposure because of the team. But then also, like I'm saying, like the skill set that you develop in covering a super high, um, like high profile team, the the type of players that you're yep. covering, everyone cares, right? Everyone cares about Stephen Curry. Everyone cares about the Warriors. And then you tack on just how incredible the PR staff is and the access that you have. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a reporter's dream, honestly. And you, you definitely, I don't, I don't think from what I've heard from other reporters, it's not something that you, you get everywhere else. Um, and it is also kind of surreal. Sometimes you have to pinch yourself of like, just, just like, I guess, yeah, just like how accessible these guys are, how you can walk down the hall with Steph and no one's, you know, push it. Do you need to get away from him or you can't talk to him? This isn't, this isn't, uh, you can grab him in the hallway, uh, talk to him at his locker, all these things. And no one's saying, Hey, you need to step back. No, you can't talk to him. I think that more, right. you know, it, it should be like that in more places because the thing with the NBA and when going back to one of your questions about like, well, why did we pick how did we get into the NBA? One of my favorite things about the league and how I got so invested in it when I was a kid and I was a fan is like the characters and the personalities. I think the NBA has some of the best like human beings in, in the league. They're so interesting. And so many of these players have so many layers to them and chapters to, to their story that should be told. Um, And a lot of those stories don't get to be told, unfortunately, but I feel like at the Warriors, and working, working, you know, covering them and alongside them, I, it's a unique opportunity to to really get to dig into who these athletes are. Um, so it's a very it's a very cool experience. Malika is uh, Hillary Guy still um, NBA Today's coordinating producer. Hillary Guy is NBA Today's coordinating producer, right hand woman, mom, boss. She's everything. <laughs> Okay. All right. I, I, I thought so. So my question for you is how does having a woman in that leadership position shape that show? I mean, Hillary, Greg Fonseca and Greg Condis um, are sort of the, the, the brain of our show. Um, and Hillary is Hillary's the heart. Like I, I, I've been really, really lucky. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day that Hillary Guy is my boss now, and Christina Daglas was my boss before Hillary. Um, and um, before that, whenever I was at newspapers, um, which I loved, I, I never wanted to leave newspapers. I was crushed when um, I had to leave the New York Times, and I thought that I could only ever go down. Truthfully, like I, I thought that this was that was like I had peaked too early, and that that was the end. Um, but I also think that it was partly, you know the the legacy news outlet model i was the one and only like so often 
Um, I was, you know, the youngest person, certainly, but the only woman and the only black person. And, and still, I think, especially on the writing side of things, um, that is like far, far too often the case. And actually, I was going to say, listening to Kendra talk, like that's another unique thing about um, the Warriors beat is how diverse it is. Um, And I was struck by this actually with the Detroit Pistons when they came through town the other day, I was like, wow, there are three young black men who are covering this beat as writers. How often do you see that? Um, Not very often, but back to, to Hillary. I mean, I think that her, I think that so often women get labeled as emotional and that is a bad thing, but her care factor is unlike anybody or anything that I've ever seen. Like this woman has two kids that are under the age of seven and she is accessible at all times of day. All you ever want in your boss is to feel like they are putting as much into the product that you put out every day as you are. And Hillary puts that much and more like she is the, you know, one of the first people in and one and, and pretty consistently the last person to leave. And then it keeps going when she goes home. Like when I go to her house, she has um, like five Emmys that are and like news and documentary Emmys, not not like and not that all Emmys aren't great. I but like big time capital E Emmys. And I just, I'm like, how did we get so lucky that this person shows up every day and puts this much into the show? And like NBA today, you know, from its inception, it was going to be compared to other shows. We were going to be compared to other people. Um, You know, was I, am I too young for this? There's all these questions, all these things and her sort of steady push and challenging me. We do film sessions every week where she kind of, we walk through the week of shows. You you need to move your hand differently there. Okay. Do you see the way? And like, she makes me better in a way because she cares so much. And, and I can go to her and know that she's going to tell me she's hard on me. Like she will be like, you were wrong in this and you need to be better in that. Um, But because I can tell the place of care she's coming from, I trust her to give me that feedback. And um, she also has the respect of, you know, she's tasked with some of the biggest personalities at ESPN in terms of the NBA analysts and their schedules. And it's a lot. And the fact that she has that much respect from everyone from, you know, Woj to Ramona Shelburne to me all the way to, you know, Jalen Rose and, um, you know, Perk and Richard Jefferson is like, it's a big, I, I can't, I mean, I could talk all day about Hillary. Like she's, she's a Titan and it's, it, it's a privilege to work with her. Uh, that's what the, that's it's really nice. Well, well said words. Uh, I happened to actually, uh, uh, yesterday again, and just doing research, I saw the segment, on your show uh, where Perk said that the Cavaliers have the best starting five in the NBA. It was hilarious, actually, just to uh, that back and forth. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> he's, he's excellent on that. Uh, I you love got, you, you guys are very good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll throw a shout-out for Ben Cafardo here, the NBA PR guy. Yes, Ben, the show's <laughs> ratings or viewership are okay. soaring over the last year. So there you go. All right, I got uh, three more for you. We'll go to you first, Kendra. Who's the best interview in the NBA right now? And you're welcome to, if you have to go Warriors, it's fine. Oh my God, the best interview. Well, I mean, I can only say, I I spend the most time interviewing Warriors personnel. Um, Draymond Green has, 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 is always a, a, uh, quite the character to talk to. Um, I think, so I'll go, I'll go from who I have most experience interviewing and that's, and that's within the Warriors. And I think Draymond is the best interview, uh, on the Warriors, you know, he, he, uh, can put together quite the soliloquy. Right. But, but I mean, going back to like, again, what, what we were talking about before of, of, you know, us not having played basketball, but you know, Malika talking to Paige and, and get like Draymond's a guy who does that for me as well. I, I don't text him and ask him those things, but if, if I, if I'm talking to him about defense or whatever it is, you know, he really does go in depth on things. I say, explain things to me and he'll explain them extremely well. Plus he's a a very, you know, very funny guy. He has thoughts on a lot of things. I think what 
makes the best interviews in in general are people who don't like tell you what you want to hear all the time people who know you're working for that that what you just need that one quote and they know exactly what quote you want so they give it to you Draymond just gives you his thoughts um they're usually quite quotable but he just tells you what's what's on his mind um and so I've I've enjoyed nearly like 98% of, of interviews or, or press conferences that I've, I've participated in with Draymond um, have been really, have been really enjoyable. Malika, do you want to take a shot at that or do you got to be United Nations here? Just given your, you cover the whole league. <laughs> well, I was, I'm like, I'm about to sit down. I was like, well, I'll just go with recency bias. Right. Since I'm about to sit down with jaw who I always enjoy our conversations, but um you know, I always look forward to my conversations with Giannis and maybe that's because the Bucks and he hold a special place in my heart for um, sort of what they have done for me in terms of covering them as a writer. Um, but I, I always look forward to going back to Milwaukee and talking to those guys. Um, and I think that there's always like you have to remember, like the best interview. I mean, there's so many in the NBA. Like, that's what's so great is that you can't really go wrong. But I think when you talk to writers and I'm lumping myself in um, the people who you have a history with. And there is this, this feeling of going back to someone that you've had these conversations with over the years that have been sometimes hard or sometimes like the thing about them is I feel like I've made mistakes covering them. I've had some of my best stories covering them. I covered them in the finals after covering them at did their trophy ceremony after. So it's like all of these memories sort of, make it so that for me individually, they will always hold that sort of special place versus for someone who came up covering the Mavs, it's going to be Luca. So like, I think that that's sort of where I'm coming from in answering this. I'll stick with you, Malika. Uh, Kendra, this is for you as well. So you can sort of follow Malika. Um, you are high profile women of color in an industry that still remains dominated by people who look like me, a white male. Um, what advice Malika would you give to young people of color, particularly women who want to go into the business. And my guess is, um, seems like a pretty logical guess that you, you probably do get a lot of letters and a lot of emails and a lot of people who, um, who are younger than you, who are asking for advice given, um, where you are in your career and also that they can relate to you. You're a young person who's got this kind of prominent position. It's a little different maybe than trying to reach out to somebody 50, 55. Um, you know what I mean? Who they even may be intimidated by because they've seen them on television for 30 years. But Malika, you are 55 at heart. Um, that's, well, I reach out to a lot of people well, who are yeah. 50, 55. Right. They're wonderful. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, <laughs> easy. The world doesn't know that. Well, it's true. More like 72. <laughs> but um, and yeah, my bones are failing me. But um, no, I, I would say just to remember that you like from a treetops thought, you do belong here. You do belong in this space. And it's a lot of hard work. And it's as much um, you get out of it what you put into it, especially the NBA. This is a business of, of being around and putting in the time and matching the time that these players and executives put in. But just because you don't see yourself often in any given space, or maybe um, you wonder if you're it's one thing to be a, a woman or a black woman in a space. It's another thing to feel like you are able to walk into a room with thoughts as women, being able to embody the position of women and black women. Um, but I think it's, it's the knowledge that I, I can tell you that you can, and I will tell you that it's hard. And I will tell you that there's days that it's, the, the, the ugliest days are the days when the public is questioning the things that you've always asked yourself if you're good enough at and you're good enough for. And it's hard when that is being mirrored back at you on Twitter or wherever the case may be because you're human and you're going to feel that. But there's someone who's felt it before you. There's someone who's felt it just as deeply as you. And there's someone who's going to be there to help you because that's the thing that I've learned. You asked me about working for a woman. It's the fact that there is someone there to tell you I've been there and I came out the other side. And so if I can be that for somebody while also telling you, you got to work hard, 
harder than you think, twice as hard as the person next to you, um, and get a little bit of luck sprinkled in on the side. If you can have that concoction, if you can have that, that cocktail of hard work, um, determination, I guess the things that Kendra said that she saw in me for some reason that I also see in her, um, that you can do it. And the days you don't feel like you can, there's going to be someone to pick you up. Kendra, do you want to, uh, tackle that one? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll piggy really. I mean, everything that she said, I think is true. And I, the thing that I've kind of told myself or started telling other people who say like, again, as you're a a woman, you're a black woman, you've never played basketball, like you don't belong in here. The thing that I always kind of remind myself is I have more in common with these people that I'm covering than the 60 something year old white man who also has never played basketball or has not played basketball since high school or things like that. You know, we, especially covering the NBA, you know, we're covering a predominantly black league with people whose ages are averaging what 20 25 maybe is the average age 26 27 but like that is the age range and that that is that is also like my age range right so a lot of the times you might feel well I didn't play basketball I don't know like I don't look like all these the other people covering the, the team but I relate to the players so much more than these other people could ever. And so I think that when it does come to having more difficult conversations or interviews or talking about more difficult topics, there's a relatability that they have with me, even if they don't know it yet, I can, I can show them that, that there is some. And I think that that, it, that just makes a world's difference of people might not see that at, at, to start and they might think down on you because of your age or because you're a woman or because you're black, but that I, that could actually be an incredible, just like human building tool with, with the people that you're trying to, to work with and get to know. Um, so I'd kind of just tack that on to, to everything, everything that Malika said. All right, last one. I'm going to stick with, I'll start with you, Kendra, and then we'll finish up with Malika. You know, the reality for both of you is that in many ways you have, you already have destination jobs, jobs that so for so many people, like they would dream of doing. And yet, you know, chronologically, you guys are both very, very young. So rather than um, sort of ask like the, you know, the generic question, you know, where do you hope to be, Kendra, in 10 years from now? What What is something that, what is something that you would like to, either cover or what is a job that you would like to have before your professional career is done? Oh, that's what I think. I think so small. I feel like I could like say anything and it's, it would, um, that's a good question. I mean, right now I do think I, I look at things more in, in the near, in the near future. So like for me, something that I would like to do in, and, and something that I, I don't know, I like to think in like obtainable doses like i would like to do get experience of more sit down interviews with with different players around the league outside outside of the warriors you know still covering them but just get more experience talking to other people get the experience of sideline reporting because i know that that is an entirely different beast you know it, it it is it's a tricky thing to be able to do and i haven't gotten to do it yet i think those for me right now are kind of those those small um, things. Now, I've actually, you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day. I've never called through to an all-star game. I'd love to go out to all-star weekend and just see what that, see what that's all about. I don't know. <laughs> um, that's, that's a, that, that feels, that feels attainable. Right? Kendra. <laughs> um, but for me, yeah, I guess it's just like the sit, the more sit down interviews, those, those types of little things I'd like to start sprinkling in. <laughs> That's cool. All right, Malika, it's the same thing for you. You know, again, in many ways, you, you know, you have reached a destination job that that many people would consider like their career achievement. Yet again, like your sister, chronologically, you're very young. Um, so again, is there um, is there something that as your professional career and that journey continues, is there something that like within your sort of fiber that this is something you really like to do? Yeah. Um so I totally believe in jinxing things. Um, so I'm not going to say like too, too much because I totally believe in jinxing things. Um, but 
I would love to cover an Olympics. I think that it's beautiful to kind of watch the, the there's so many things that are diff, like make people different. I feel like that is, in a lot of ways is a, a unifier. Um, I think that that would be awesome. Um, I am loving watching. I mean, the great Lisa Salters, there is no one who can follow her, but if, and when the opportunity um, sort of arises, you know, in the next, in, in 15 years when, when, when she has, uh, I would love to cover that, you know, doing, doing that trophy ceremony was one of the highlights of my career. And um, it's a joy to watch somebody else do it, knowing the feeling. Um, and I hope that eventually when it all makes sense and all the chips sort of fall where they may, that I, I get to do that again. Um, but like we have get to jobs. And so I just hope that, you know, I think so, so much of the time, I, that's totally a Monty Williams adage that I'm borrowing, but um, I think we spend, I know I do so much time stressing and worrying. How can we be better? How can we make the show better? How can I achieve, you know, how can I achieve people tell you that you can be really good at this? How can I be better at this? And so I'd also love to just like take a little bit of a breath and be like, dang, this is cool a little bit more often because I definitely don't do that enough. I mean, that, that for me, that's why I kind of said I've, I've started to think in like small obtainable, like one step at a time things, because like, you know, to, over the last, since I've graduated college, I'm about to make myself sound really young and stuff, but like what, four years ago, it's like I've had three different jobs, you know, since, since then. And like, I I'm, didn't think that this job would be one that I'd, I'd, I'd hold and stuff, but like, so long, like you said, Richard, like, oh, I'm not going to ask the, what do you want to do 10 years down the line? And I've like, I appreciate not asking that because I completely switched my brain of like we shouldn't be thinking so far down the line like let's think like one chunk at a time because as malika said like we're so lucky to get to do these get to jobs and and watch and talk about basketball for for a living that it's like little like having this those little teeny things to just add to your repertoire to add to your 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 responsibilities and stuff are like those are also extremely exciting because this just this career in general is is a pretty fun and exciting one no you got you got you guys are um um the the journey that you're on right now is very exciting it would be cool to do something with kendra too could ease that seems like yeah that could easily be done like it would be cool i don't know if it's host a show with her someday or if it's you know like when the time comes, do something with Kendra at some time point. Comes. Uh, we both have way too much. We we, yeah. we both are not signing ourselves up for more work right now. But <laughs> you know, at some point, when the time comes, Kendra, let me tell you this. It, my tell your sister this. My dream um, as a as a, a teenager was to cover one Olympics. Right, I ended up covering seven for Sports Illustrated. It was incredible. Like, yeah, tell Malika. <laughs> That the Olympics are in Paris. And Malika. Like, <laughs> <And> Malika. <laughs> now, like LA would be cool in 2028, and that's probably very doable. Go to Paris. Tell your sister, maybe. Tell your sister to. Yeah. Tell your sister. Yeah. Tell your sister to. Tell her to accelerate that timeline and get on that Jeremy ship, Jeremy Shap yes. bandwagon for the Olympics. Blue. That, I love Paris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that's what that's what I'd be aiming for in 2026. Is in Milan and <laughs> my very baseline bad. level French will have to uh, will have to do a lot of lifting. <laughs> uh, Malika Andrews is the host of NBA Today. Uh, you could follow her work all week leading up to uh, ESPN's Mega Christmas Day game uh, packages. Um, she's obviously an NBA reporter as well as the host of that show. Uh, Kendra Andrews covers the Warriors for ESPN. You can follow her work on a variety of platforms. Um, and they're obviously uh, um, available on social media as well in many different uh, forms. Um, thank you for doing this. Um, I have great admiration for um, for both of you guys. And it's just very cool to see that, like, you know, I again, like, I remember reaching out to you when you were both, like, 19 or 20. So it's so awesome to see, like, uh, um, this kind of success. And quite frankly, like, success reward for people who, like, do things the right way and are and are intellectually curious and stuff like that. So I, I root from you. I root for you both from afar. Um, and we'll be long retired by the time you guys are running the world. So there you go. Kendra Andrews and Malika Andrews follow all of their work. Thank you, Kendra and Malika, for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast. 
Thanks for having us. All right, back in the studio, my thanks to Malika and Kendra Andrews for their time and their insight. Uh, Check out the uh, archives if you like these kind of podcasts. Last one was Remembering the Life of Grant Paul with John Wertheim, Jeff Perlman, and Mark Moravik, and myself, four people who worked with Grant for a long, long time. For that, TJ Quinn on Brittany Griner's Return to America. TJ doing some phenomenal reporting for ESPN on there. We uh, um, had Renee Paquette on her journey from the WWE to AEW. Had Tom Rinaldi from Qatar on this podcast. Chad Finn and Austin Karp with the uh, Sports Media Roundtable. Candace Parker not too long ago. If you like these uh, conversations, please leave us a five-star review and a, uh, a nice note. Uh, that's how the podcast continues. Some uh, uh, really nice feedback from... Uh, uh, thank you to Hoop Dude on, uh, on Apple who uh, wrote just a really, really lengthy and... Uh, really thoughtful uh, review so thank you very much and yeah I'll, I'll try to uh, continue to get some uh, women's basketball guests on and particularly as the uh, NCAA hits uh, into March and, uh, and April for the NCAA uh, women's basketball championships uh, my thanks to Patrick Antonetti for all his hard work thanks to everybody Cadence 13 happy holidays to everybody out there have fun be safe and be well and we'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast